good, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Merry Christmas. You guys ready for Christmas? That's lame. You guys, you're tired from Black Friday. You're not ready for Christmas. Are you guys ready for Christmas? Awesome. Glad, glad to hear that. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. Thanks for making this part of your weekend. My name is Brian Vassell. I'm one of your pastors, and I'm excited to share something God's given me to, on my heart to share with you all. And I want to welcome all of our campuses here as well. Thanks for, for either you're logged in and watching us online or you're attending one of our campuses. And man, we're so glad that you're here. Do me a favor. Take out that outline you received when you came in. Uh, I'm a note taker, so you'll notice when I teach, there's a lot of things to fill in. So I want to encourage you to write some notes today because it's my goal to give you something you didn't have when you came in today. Something new insight, some type of a new idea or thought. That's, that's my goal. Now, just getting a, a feel of the room, all of our campuses, you can raise your hand. Raise your hand if you are in the Christmas spirit. Raise your hand up high. Awesome. Good to see that. All, how many people put their tree up already? A lot. All right, all of our, I see you guys, Houndo Beach, Pensacola, right? <laughs> A lot of trees going up. I see a lot of tree stands, people getting their lights up there. You know, I put a little poll in your outline. Uh, I put this on my Instagram feed a few days ago, and the results were interesting. I wanted to do it again here. It's uh, a scale of 1 to 10. Please take a second and circle what number you are. Number 1, you're the Grinch. You just don't want to have anything to do with Christmas. And number 10, you are Buddy the Elf, right? You remember the movie Elf? You're, you're just excited, Santa and all that. Circle your number, whatever you feel, and... Uh, there's, I just kind of look in the room. Some people just don't even want to write it. You look at me like you just resent the fact that I ask you to do a Christmas poll. Like, oh, just circle one and you'll be good. How many Buddy the Elves do we have out there? You're excited? Give me a big ho, ho, ho. Yes, that's the Christmas spirit, right? You're the ones with the uh, peppermint, uh, pumpkin spice latte, frappuccino, Americano. You're walking through the mall, you know, you're singing. You've already watched your favorite Christmas movie. Already, you have it on your phone. You have it ready to go. You are Christmas people. And then, I'm not even going to ask the Grinches to raise their hand. They know who they are. It's like, ah, Christmas. Here it comes again. My mom was kind of in this second category. Not that she didn't like Christmas very much, but she would decorate for the ho- at the house the day after Thanksgiving. That was our tradition growing up. But we also had a weird transi- uh, tr- um, tradition on Christmas Day. As soon as we got done opening presents, my mom would walk around, pick up all the wrapping paper and put it in a big plastic bag. And then when we were taking our Christmas day nap, she would take the tree down, every decoration, put it all in the box. By 4 p.m. on Christmas day, you never knew Christmas took place in the house. And I'm like, mom, can we at least have 24 hours? That'd be great, right? Mom would be towards the grinchy side of the scale. You know, I think there's one thing that all of us want no matter which side of the scale you're on, whether you're a Grinch or you're Buddy the Elf, and I, I, think, it's, I think it's just having more, more joy. To be happy. To just know that things are going to be all right. I think all of us could use that, a little bit more of that. I'm not going to call it Christmas cheer because I think that undersells it. I'm talking about joy like, you know, God's doing something in my life kind of joy. Or, or I'm better in 2017 than I was back in 2016. That kind of joy. Like, my life is moving forward kind of joy. I think we all want more of that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you enjoy Christmas? How do you get the joy back? Or maybe how do you make the joy stronger? For this teaching, I did a lot of research on Route 66, and you know what I discovered? There was a lot of cool things that happened on Route 66. Built in 1927, in fact, when it was first built, only 800 miles out of the 2,000-plus miles of Route 66 was paved. It was rock and hard-packed dirt. I mean, we're talking about old-time roads. 
And you know what I discovered as I read through the history of Route 66? My favorite thing of all wasn't the cars, it wasn't the distance, it was the signs alongside of the road. Now, some of them were neon, and they flashed, and they were beautiful. If you've ever seen the movie Cars, you know what I'm talking about. Bright, beautiful neon signs. And some of the signs were hand-painted, some often misspelled, right? Come over here and see this, or come over here and, 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 you know, stay in our motel, or whatever the sign would say. There were so many amazing signs along Route 66. A lot of the signs, though, you know, the the road was decommissioned in 1985. It became not permanently used. Well, a lot of the signs are still up, and they're pointing to places that are long since closed. And some of the signs you see today, they point you to places like they make you bypass the Grand Canyon to go see other things. You miss the big stuff. Lots of signs out there. And I believe, go with me here, I believe that if our destination this Christmas is to have more joy, we're on a journey along Route 66 to have more Christmas joy. If we're on that road, we want to avoid any sign that's going to take us off that path. Any sign that's going to distract us from joy. So I put a few signs there in your outline. These are signs I want, you, I want us all to ignore and not follow. You'll see what I mean in just a second. Here's the first one. There's a sign right behind me. It's the world famous, right? The, the picture you're going to see here is the world's largest rocking chair. Pastor shared this last week. There's all kinds of signs along Route 66. Come see the world's largest rocking chair. Come experience the world's only living mermaid. Or, you know, these kind of roadside-y things that kind of, they, they, hey, come see us. Come spend your money over here. Come see the world's largest ball of twine. That really exists. When I was a kid, maybe you did the same thing. We would travel along the turnpike here in Florida. And when you went to those rest stops, along the rest stop wall, what did you see? A wall of those, what, those little brochures. Remember, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe your kids collect them. They go to, you're going to Disney World here in, the, in, in Florida, and your kids get at the rest stop, and they start yanking a hundred of those little, the, you know what they're there for? To distract you from the road that you're on. You're headed to Disney World. Come check out our little sketchy mini mall first, right? Or, or, or we know you're headed down to the Keys, but hey, come see the, the, the Sasquatch Museum first. The Bigfoot Museum. By the way, my wife wants to go to the Bigfoot Museum. Help me. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it really exists, though, by the way. All these things try to get you to change your plans and go see whatever it is. They take you off the main road. Scripture gives us a scenario where this kind of happens. If you look at Matthew 2, starting in verse 1, it's there in your outline. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Circle the word star. If you would, that was the road sign for those guys. They saw the star and they knew that if we just follow the star, when we finish, when this journey is complete, we're going to be right there with the Christ child. Pretty easy, wasn't it? Just follow the star. Nothing to distract them. They didn't have little roadside signs that said, hey, come see the, the two-headed camel or something. They didn't have those distracting or the Holy Land experience. Come visit that or what. These guys, they knew if I stay on the path, if I stay following the star, I'm going to get where I need to go. They knew that if they stayed on that road, they would come to Christ. I wish it were that easy for us. I wish it were that easy that we could just pick one road and say, you know what, if I just stay on this road, it's going to lead me right to Jesus. There's so many distractions, isn't there? So many things that want to pull us off the road to joy. So many things that want to sidetrack us off the road to Christ. And if we're not careful, we start to follow them, especially at Christmas time. I mean, I know Jesus, you see the bumper stickers. Jesus is the reason for the season. Boy, that looks great on the back of a car. 
but are we living it out? Are we on the road to Christ or are we distracted by one of these world's greatest, world's largest, come see this, come be part of that signs? I think there's a lot of things that distract us. In fact, a lot of us, if we're not careful, we start following signs to Santa. In fact, let's, let's do this. Our manger doesn't have Jesus in it, so we're going to take Jesus out. We've replaced little baby Jesus with, with Santa. Now, Santa's cool. And we start going, this is a big, heavy Santa, by the way. <laughs> we love Christmas. We just start worshiping Christmas. I love Christmas. I love cookies. I love hot chocolate. I love when it gets a little bit cold like it does in Florida, like five degrees for one day, right? I love that. I love Christmas. I love presents. I love nutmeg. I love all the things that come with Christmas. I love watching Elf. I love all these things. And you know what we do? We take Santa and we put him in our manger. We get distracted. And we start worshiping the wrong thing. We start, our, our joy comes from the wrong source. Or maybe it's not Santa. Maybe it's, let's take Santa out over here. Excuse me, Santa. Maybe for some of us, we put our kids there. These represent your children. And we put our kids in the manger. Stay. Christmas joy becomes all about it. We hope the kids like what we bought them. Or, boy, I hope they wear that sweater. I got them at Walmart. That's really cute. Or that school play. And we start to think, that's joyous. That's why my Christmas is full of joy. Because my kids are happy. We have the wrong thing in the manger. Excuse me, excuse me, kids. Don't do that with your own kids. These kids are trained. They're trained. They're okay. These are stunt children. We worked on this ahead of time. They're fine. These people are wincing. They're dolls. They're not really kids. I promise. They're okay. Maybe it's gifts. Christmas is a fail if I don't get what I want. My Christmas was ruined because they ran out of big screen televisions. And we're not careful. We put gifts where Jesus belongs. And we wonder why we don't have Christmas joy. None of these are bad things. Your kids are wonderful. Santa's great. Presents are awesome. But you know who belongs there? Jesus. And so often we replace him and we don't even think about it. We, we miss it completely. And we wonder why we don't have more joy. Because we put other things in his place. In fact, there's a question there in your outline. I encourage you to write it in. Have I replaced Jesus with something or someone else this Christmas? Only you can answer that question. Now, the Bible's quite clear as to the priority that Jesus is supposed to have in our lives. Here, here's a passage of scripture from Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. This is, therefore, God elevated him, him being Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. What a great passage of Scripture. Name above all names. The greatest of all time that ever will be, Jesus Christ. It goes on, Mark 12, I put it there in your outline. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You should, and look at Exodus 3.20, one of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. Jesus has to come first. That's the joy of Christmas. We just can't replace him with other things. Other good things, but not the greatest thing. That's the secret to joy at Christmas time. Here's truth number one, and please fill this in if you would. Christmas is not our birthday. Did you know that? 
Christmas is not your birthday. We act like it is. I can't wait to see what I'm going to get. I'm so excited for Christmas. Christmas. We treat it like it's our birthday, like the gifts are supposed to come to us. Why don't I have any more joy? Why is Christmas so depressing? Because you got the wrong person or the wrong thing in the manger. It's not our birthday. Joy comes when we keep Jesus the center of the celebration. We have to do that. We have to remember, who are we celebrating here this time of the year? Who are we trying to make happy? Us, the kids, our boss? Who, who, who are we trying to please? There's a lot, of, a lot of road signs that'll steer you and make you put other things in the way. Try to ignore those signs. Stay on course to joy. So that's number one. The first sign to ignore is that world's famous, world's greatest, come see this sign. Here's number two, the I-40 sign. <clears throat> the I-40 sign. See it here behind me, I think. Yep. I-40 is in Arizona, a big piece of it. And um, if you've ever seen the movie, how many of you guys have seen Cars? You've seen, watched the movie Cars? If you have kids, how many of you have seen it more than 20 times? Yes, it is on a loop in your house. <laughs> Pastor Eridus, I know he's watched it a bunch of times too. Um, if you have kids, they love that movie. And when, if you sat down to watch it, you'd realize the history of Route 66. It's what it, it, the whole movie's about that. And you have this wonderful town of Radiator Springs. And Radiator Springs is all happy and everything's successful and great. And then what happens? Somebody comes in and puts in I-40, an interstate. And the interstate bypasses that little town. And what happens to the town? It dries up. People don't come around anymore. Because the interstate that was built there hurt it. It wasn't time that killed Route 66. It was interstate. Because somehow the shift went from enjoying the journey and loving the ride and going with the contours of the land to what? To getting there. I just want to get there. I'll rather take I-40 and pass every little town right along Route 66 because it saves me 10 minutes of driving. And you miss out on all the great stories in those towns. You bypass them. This happens to people, too. Let's look at the verse there in Luke 2, verse 7. Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. You know why there was no lodging available for Mary and Joseph? Because the inn was what? You don't sound like you believe it. The inn was what? Full, right? No room. Now, imagine, Mary and Joseph knock on the door. The innkeeper opens the door. What's he thinking? Is he saying, oh, it's the mother of my Lord. Come on in. What did he do? He thought about the condition of the inn, didn't he? Sorry, there's no room here. They were just customers to him. He was thinking all these things. He said, can you imagine what would have happened if Jesus would have been born in one of his rooms? Advertising would have been awesome. Stay in the Jesus suite. Come on in. Let's see where he was born, right? It didn't happen. The innkeeper bypassed the very first Christmas. Just because he was thinking to himself... In fact, I'll, before I keep going, fill this in if you would. The innkeeper was so focused on the conditions that he missed the connections. He was so focused on what he had to deal with. My, my inn is full. The census is in town. I got a, a, an inn full of people. I have no place to put you. I'm sorry. If I can just, he's thinking to himself, if I can just make it through to the morning. If I can just make it through, all these people leave and I can bring more people in. If I can just hang in there, it's all going to be okay. Get me through the night. He was so focused on the conditions of his end that he missed the connections he could have made with Mary and Joseph and Christ. He could have been one of the first to see baby Jesus' eyes look straight ahead, right there. But the innkeeper bypassed Christmas because he was so focused on just getting through 
The night happens to us too, doesn't it? Some of us in this room today, all of our campuses, we can't wait for December 26th. I survived another one. I don't want to have to watch Elf. I don't want to have to make cookies. I don't want to have to go to some silly parties. I don't want to sing the same songs we've sung all these years, right? Christmas is too commercial. Christmas is too inconvenient. Whatever we say to justify bypassing the holiday, I just want to get through it. I want to survive it. I want to just just bypass all the connections to just surviving the day. I want to challenge you to do what I'm about to tell you. Choose not to bypass the Christmas season. Choose. It's a choice. How do we do this? I put a few ideas in your outline. Here's the first one. We need to engage without reservation. Engage in the holiday. Be present. Don't just show up at your family's Christmas party and hide. Stand out there and talk, tell stories. Share the experience. Really be there. Don't just say, you know, when your kids want to decorate the tree, well, you just get started and I'll just put the, the star on the top. I'm going to sit there and watch football till that happens. Tell me when that happens, then I'll do that. But that's not engagement. That's not engagement. That's presence. Be there. Potential church, we're open every single weekend until Christmas. Did you know that? We're here all the time, every weekend. Make plans now to be here as often as you can. Why? Because there may be a question you've had all year long that Pastor Troy's going to answer during one of the next few weeks. Be engaged in the Christmas season, not just a part of it, trying to bypass it. How about the second way? The second way we can avoid bypassing it is to serve without hesitation. To serve without hesitation. You notice some references there. Those are, I don't have time to read those verses, but I just wanted to give them to you because that's what I was reading through when I was inspired to, to write these things down. Serve without hesitation. Some of your greatest joys you're going to have this Christmas will be serving others. Did you know that? When it becomes about them, when it becomes about putting yourself out there, like going on a missions trip around the holidays, what an incredible gift to yourself. That sounds selfish, and I don't mean it to. Because obviously you're going to help people on the other side so much. But you'll come back different, I promise. That's getting engaged and, and, and focusing on Christmas. Helping on the weekend, volunteering, getting involved here at the church, serving other people with your time. Makes Christmas that much more special. There's a third way I wrote in your notes to not to bypass Christmas is to give without expectation. To give without expectation. Now this means not just finances, This means to give to someone in your life right now that can't possibly give back to you. That could be your time this Christmas, your talent, or your resources. There's great joy in knowing that you're giving to someone who can't possibly repay you. And not doing it expecting anything from them, but buy them a gift just because you love them, not because you want something in return. That's how you're going to find the joy you're looking for at Christmas time. Bringing in toys for the toy drive. You may never meet the children who hold those toys you bring in, but I promise you, you will change their life because they're going to remember somewhere somebody cares enough to love me and doesn't even know me. That's why we bring toys, not to feel good, to impact the world. And the result of that, man, we feel such, God gives us such a sense of joy, allowing us to be a part of something bigger than we are. That's what greatest gift is all about. These envelopes are in your, in, your, in, your, in your programs today, all of our campuses. Greatest, giving your greatest gift to Christ at Christmas, it's such a joy to do that. Because it's so easy. We just celebrated, I don't want to say celebrated, we just endured Black Friday. 
And a lot of us figured out, I have this much money to spend, and I'm going to go spend this here and this there. And you came home with a bunch of stuff that you're going to give to somebody, and believe it or not, they're not going to remember what you got them next year or two years from now. But what greatest gift does, what greatest gift does is it impacts the world. Because when we decide, hey, I'm going to give my greatest gift to Christ this Christmas, man, this money, it just, God uses it and changes people's hearts. Campuses are built. The gospel is shared. That's why we do greatest gift. What an important impact it can have. So we want joy. Here's one more. This may be the toughest. This may be the toughest. We need to forgive without compensation. To forgive without compensation. If you want to have a more joyous Christmas this year, there's some things you need to let go. Some things I need to let go. Because we carry the same bitterness and resentment year after year and wonder why we don't have joy this year. And we need to forgive the person that you're thinking of that God put on your heart right now. That person, all of our campuses, that person needs to be forgiven. They don't deserve it. They haven't asked for it. We need to give it. Why? Because when we forgive, it releases us. They've long since forgotten it. We carry it from Christmas to Christmas to Christmas, and it steals our joy. And we can do that because Christ forgives us first. Now, I know. It's, it, the, the, as soon as I wrote this, I'm like, man, I, really, i got to say that, God? And God said, yes, because somebody in the room today or one of our campuses or online has been wrestling with this idea for a long time. You want Christmas joy in your life? Choose to forgive. It's hard to do. Sometimes it's the greatest gift you can give somebody or your, even yourself. Tremendous impact on Christmas. Why do we do all this stuff? Why, why do all, why skip, we want to be engaged at Christmas time. Why don't we want to bypass it? Because simply this, Christmas 2017, guess how many times it's going to come along in your lifetime? Once. Your kids are only going to be this age one time. The people in your life, your family, some of them are going to move away next year. Or God forbid, you may lose one. They may pass away. We don't know. The people sitting around your Christmas table in 2017 may never be assembled in that exact formation again. I don't say that to be sad. I say that to raise awareness, to engage this Christmas, to get involved this Christmas, to not bypass this Christmas. Because when you don't bypass it and you get involved, what happens? God brings you joy. I wish I would have known that last Christmas was my last Christmas with my mom. I didn't know. And you know what happened? If I'd have known, last Christmas would have looked a whole lot different. Kids move away. Things change, don't they? Don't let this Christmas get away from you. Don't bypass it. Connect, engage in it. I put this in your notes. The greatest Christmas photos are not selfies. The greatest photos you're ever going to take, the most impactful photos won't be like, hey, looking good today, snap, filter, pig ears, right? <laughs> That's not going to be the pictures you remember from Christmas. You know which ones you're going to remember? The ones you took with your family that are no longer around or the ones you take at the Christmas party or the ones you Instagram or you Snapchat uh, of the time you went to dinner with people that, or the time you went on the mission trip or the time you, whatever it is. The greatest photos you will take at Christmas, the ones that will bring you future joy are going to be the photos you take with other people. Don't bypass Christmas. I promise you this, and this sounds catchy, and I meant it to, because I want it to stick in your head. Please fill this in. People don't always remember your gifts, but they do remember your presence. 
See what I did there? Careful on the spelling of presents. I don't mean gifts. They don't know that you were there, but they remember that you were. I don't remember anything that I got last year for Christmas, but I know who I spent it with. The greatest gift you can give your family this Christmas is to not bypass Christmas, to get engaged and involved in their lives. They may not remember a single toy you bought, but your kids are going to know you were there. And you were active in connecting. That's the joy we're looking for. That's the long-term joy that God wants for all of us. The joy is in the town. Right along Route 66. The stories are in the town. The fun is in the town, not the interstate. Don't zoom past this one. You want joy? Don't bypass Christmas. Here's the next one. One final sign for us to ignore. And this one's called the end of route or end of route, depending on what part of the country you're in. (laughs) If you were to take the ride down Route 66 and you were to go from L.A. or Santa Monica to Chicago, some people call that the backwards way of doing it. Because back in history, most of the people who traveled Route 66 went from Chicago west. But if if you wanted to, you could. You could leave Santa Monica Pier, which is where it starts, and end up in Chicago where it finishes. And you'd see the sign behind me. It says, end of route. And you'd probably get to the end of route sign and you'd be like, yay, we made it. 2,000 miles, man. Remember? And you have all these memories of all the stuff that you did and all the great food that you ate. And remember that time we met that guy and that, that thing and we bought that other thing over here and the car chugged and we figured out it was this. And, and man, what, what a great adventure we had. And we crossed the finish line and feel triumphant. We did it. We crossed Route 66. But sometimes in life, finishing isn't that smooth, is it? Sometimes in life, we bounce the plane down the runway. And we get to the end of our year, and it's like, oh, Lord, I I survived. I made it. Oh, goodness. December. 2018 is my year. It's all going to change. I cannot wait. And then January 1st comes, and you're like, what? It's just the next day. This is so hard. This is tough. I'm struggling. We find ourselves dragging ourselves across the finish line instead of running through it. I remember when I was a kid, I was in a three-legged race with a good friend of mine. His name is Brett. I'm not changing his name to protect him. You'll know why in a second. We were in a th- you know what a three-legged race is? Where you, you know, basically were standing next to him and they would tie our, our legs, my right leg and his left leg together and we'd walk like this. We'd have a race. Well, <clears throat> it was at my dad's... Um, Christmas party, Christmas picnic thing. And, you know, Brett and I got together and we decided we were going to enter the contest. So they tie our legs together and we, they say go and we're running and we're winning. I mean, we are winning. We're two young kids. We're just hauling down this big field. And then we stepped on a stick or something because like, I heard a snapping sound. I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Keep going. We're going and we're racing and we're winning. And all of a sudden I noticed that it's really hard to run all of a sudden. I'm like, man, what happened? Come on. Let's, and I'm yelling. You know, we're running. I'm not watching him. I'm just doing what I do. And, uh, then I feel like, man, it's, it, I'm just kind of dragging. Like, what's happening here? And I look over. Now, Brett's still facing this way, but his foot is facing this way. And I'm like, Ooh. so, you know, I was born a pastor. So I look over at him at all of 10 years old, and I say, um, get up. Let's go. We're winning. Let's go. And he's like, dude, my foot. I'm like, yeah, I know. Get up. And so I decided to do what any, any of you would probably do. I dragged him 30 yards <laughs> by his broken ankle. We won. 
That's joy, right? At all costs. Excelsior, right? No, I don't share that story. I'm not proud of that story. It's fun to tell. <laughs> Snapped his ankle, wimp. Some of us feel like we're doing that in 2017. We're just dragging it across the finish line. Financially, we got more month than money. Our job is leading us nowhere in particular. We got family trouble, health issues. We're not racing to the finish line. We're going filled with joy. Yay, I did it. It's more of a slow crawl. I put a little thing there in your outline. It says this year, and then there's a blank line there. I just want you to give this year that you've experienced so far, the last 11 months, a number. One means it's a terrible year and you've really struggled. Ten means it's the best year you've ever had. Just do me a favor, fill in a number there if you would. Maybe some of you already have. Now, if you filled out nine or ten, that's awesome. Awesome. And I, I, I applaud you. I think that's great. I mean, you know, God, thank God for that because that means God's doing some incredible things in your life. But I want to talk to those that filled out sixes and fives and fours and threes and below. I would just guess at all of our campuses today that that's probably the majority of us. It's been a tough year. We've gone through a lot. I can say this to you, though. It's awfully hard to think about how am I going to have Christmas joy when the other 11 months have been so tough? I don't know what condition you guys came in here today. I don't know what you're carrying on your hearts. But I know this. Please fill this in. Christmas is not a finish line. It's a starting point. It's not a finish line. It's a starting point. We're going to explain with that in just a second. God wanted me to share three, three truths with you. That if this is you, if you've registered down in the lower parts of that scale, I want to remind you of three things that are absolutely 100% true and will restore your joy this Christmas. Number one, please fill this in. God restores. God restores. Look at this scripture, Deuteronomy 30, verse 3. God, your God, get, get your pens ready, will restore everything you lost. If you would underline that. And, and look, he'll have compassion on you. Please circle the word compassion. That's important. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you were scattered. I love that verse. Feel broken? You said I do. They said I do, and they didn't. You made a choice that's been haunting you for 12 months. I don't, I don't know what it looked like. You were laid off, but you're, you're just in pieces. How am I supposed to have joy in fragments and pieces? God restores. You aren't broken beyond repair. Did you know that? You are not broken beyond repair. What you have dealt with is hard, and I know it. But I also know that God will use it for something good. Eventually. I know that he's already working in ways that you don't see. I know that, you know, I wish I could tell you how long it was going to take, but I can't. But that scripture's truth. That God will put those pieces back together again. And it's not like God's saying, oh, poor baby, I'm so sorry you had a hard year. What is the, the, the scripture doesn't say sympathy, does it? It says compassion. God feels it. He feels it. When you hurt, it hurts him. When you don't have joy, it affects God. He has compassion on you. And he will put those pieces back together. 
That's why Christ came that first Christmas. To remind us in a broken world that we could always have hope. And that baby in that manger represented the greatest hope, the greatest gift this world's ever received. And because of that gift, we can be assured that God will restore us. He hasn't forgotten us. Here's the second thing that God has promised he will do. To bring us joy, God refreshes. God refreshes. How, today, raise show of hands, how many of you are tired? Raise your hand. Only three people are tired. You guys, the way you're reacting to me, you're lying, you're, just, you're too asleep to answer, I know. <laughs> you ever feel exhausted? I'm not saying sleep, not, the, not lack of sleep. I mean, you're just soul tired. You've been carrying the weight of your family for a long time. You're just exhausted. How am I supposed to get across the finish line? How am I, how am I? Maybe you've seen this before. You, you ever driven your car? You ever, you ever been on the streets and seen a car accident where the car was obviously totaled like it would never drive again? Maybe you've been in a car that you've totaled before. That car is completely not going to ever drive again. Let me assure you, church, all of our campuses and online, there's no such thing as a totaled life. You can be, you can have the worst. God says, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to refresh you. I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to refresh you. In fact, look at the scripture, Jeremiah 31, 25. It says, I will give, God says, I will give those who are weary all they need. I will refresh everyone who is filled with sorrow. Maybe you lost a loved one this year. Maybe a relationship didn't work out. You're just tired. Maybe you're struggling with depression or know someone who is and you're their support team. Man, it's hard, isn't it? How am I supposed to have joy in the middle of all that? God says, I'm going to give you all that you need. And I want you to write this in if you would. You won't hurt this bad forever. What you are enduring right now is a season of your life. It is a season. It is a valley. There's a mountaintop on its way. And again, I wish I could tell you, church, hang in there. Three more weeks. You're going to be okay. Three more weeks. You can do it. I just don't know. I do know this. I can assure you that there's not one minute of any day that you will spend in this pain and in this exhaustion that God's going to say, hey, you're on your own. God is with you every single step of the way. That's reason enough to have joy. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You ever feel sad? Just find yourself alone? Think that you're, nobody understands who you are, what you're going through? God says, I know. I'm with you. You're going to get through this. How is God going to do that? I, I don't know. I do know this. You ever have, the, think back, has God ever put someone in your life to help you through a tough situation? Just come up and give you a hug. I don't know why I'm hugging you, but you seem to need this today. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I needed today. Or even read a scripture, or you sing a song, and all of a sudden a lyric clicks, and you just break down with tears. Yes. Like it raining on the desert. I needed this. I'm exhausted. Thank you, Lord, for sending a reminder. Maybe it's today's message. You're not alone. You never will be. Now, we could just stop there. That's enough reason to have Christmas joy. I, I have one more for you, though. So God restores, he refreshes, and please fill this in. God resurrects. 
God resurrects. Like, this is great scripture in Romans 8, verse 11. It says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? In you. That same spirit of resurrection. The Holy Spirit says, you know what? Jesus came back from the dead. That same resurrection spirit lives in you. What have you declared dead in 2017? Your marriage? Those kids that are a pain, they're not going to come back. They'll never be the same. Dead-end job. Maybe it's your health. I guess I'm just bound to feel like this the rest of my life. There may not be a more profound truth than this next one. It isn't dead until God says it's dead. I've seen marriages, I kid you not, with divorce papers written up, sitting on a judge's desk, and the, and the two people that have signed the paperwork, they reconcile. I've seen cancer, stage four terminal, it is over. I've seen PET scans after that's been declared, come back clean. I've seen kids that are wayward. I mean, they, they've left their parents a long time ago. They wanted nothing to do with what, anything that they had to stand for. I've seen kids come back around. Don't declare something dead that God has not. He's still the God of miracles. That's Christmas joy. Christ is a miracle. He came for us. Don't declare it dead if it's not. Always cling to that hope. Never give up. God does miracles. Now we're almost done, but before we do, I want to give you one more road sign. But this time I don't want you to ignore it. I want you to make note of it. It's right behind me. One block. Sorry, up there too. One block from the road end sign in Chicago you walked one block, you know what you'd find? This sign. Begin, right? Because if you're going back the other direction, the road's just beginning. Don't see Christmas as a stopping place or a finish line. See it as a start of a brand new adventure of hope and joy. Enjoy the holidays. I wrote this in my notes. It's not the end of a year's race. It's the beginning of a new one. Please fill this in. And I believe this with my whole heart. The best miles of your life are still ahead. Get back on the road. Filled with joy. Is life perfect? No. It's really hard at times, isn't it? But God says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Get back in your car. You head back down that road and I will take care of you. There's no greater gift I can imagine than that gift of hope and joy from Christ. Christmas time. It's time to start enjoying the journey again. Think about your life. It's so easy to look at all the things that haven't worked out. There's a heck of a lot that have. Take a big deep breath if you would. Let it out nice and slow. Welcome to blessing number one. You're here. God's not done with you yet. There's still a lot of mileage coming in your life. Your greatest miles are still ahead. Man, that just gives me just a feeling of joy. Not because of something I'm going to do, but because something God says he's going to do, and he promises it. Now, this doesn't happen passively, okay? 
It requires us to be, to do certain things. Like for example, we talked about all three of them. Keep Christ the center of your Christmas. Don't bypass it, but really experience it this year. And remember that Christmas isn't the end of anything. It's the start of something new. Here's my prayer as we finish up. I pray from, with all of my heart as one of your pastors that this Christmas would be different than all the other ones you've ever had. That you would find joy in places you never thought you would. That you would experience breakthrough and reconciliation and healing. I know it's been hard. But God's not going to ever give up on you. From the bottom of my heart to you and your family, may I wish you the sincerest, merry, joyful Christmas you've ever had. We can do it because God says he will see us through. Let's pray together. God, you're incredible. Father, help us to find the joy again, to enjoy Christmas, not just the season, but the reason behind it. Thank you for your son you sent so long ago, that baby that was so much more than just a baby. It's the hope of the world. Help us to stay focused on that hope. That God, when we want to give up and we want to leave the route, we just want to say, you know, I'm, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. And it hurts that we be reminded that you didn't give up on us and you won't. Thank you for love that we don't understand, forgiveness we don't deserve, mercy we don't quite understand it completely. God, we know we don't, but you, you give it so freely. We're grateful for that. Be with each and every person here at all of our campuses today and online. Help us to find that joy on the road again. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand if you would today.